Can we just give God a thanks for the, the time of worship today? Yeah, absolutely. Well, good morning, everybody, and sort of an early Merry Christmas to you. Glad you guys are here today. Uh, we are on week number four of a series that we've been doing here at Ignite called Name Above All, and this whole series is based on a prophecy that was written hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, kind of pointing ahead to Jesus, uh, with, and, and the prophet sort of gives us four different names or four sort of pictures of sorts about who this Jesus was going to be, who this Messiah, who this baby was going to be, and what He was going to come for, what He was going to be about. About. And today we're going to kind of focus in uh, on the fourth one of these, which is the Prince of Peace. And I think that's just a, it's a great title. Anybody feel like they could use a little bit of peace in the midst of this week, in the midst of this season, in the midst of everything that's going on in your lives? A peace that passes understanding. Um, I want, let me start out, I want to give you a couple pictures, uh, kind of word pictures of, uh, of what that kind of peace might look like. First one, true story uh, about a guy by the name of Horatio Spafford. He's a business guy from Chicago back in the 1800s, sent his wife and his three daughters to Europe uh, by ship while he remained behind in the States to do some business and planned on joining them later on. Uh, en route, there was a terrible storm. The ship went down. He, all three of his daughters were killed uh, in the shipwreck. Uh, his, his wife alone survived and sent this, um, sent this message to him, all our daughters have been lost, only I have been saved. That was pretty much the, the whole message that he received. Well, of course, he took the next vessel uh, over to Europe to join her. And as they came near the place where his daughters had drowned, the captain pointed out the spot where the ship had gone down. And uh, it, was on, it was right there on the deck of the ship as, he was, as the ship was passing by uh, this place where his daughters had died that he wrote these words, the, the words of a famous hymn, something that we do sort of a modern version of uh, here at Ignite sometimes. And he wrote these words. He says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In the midst of terrible grief, he is learning to cling to God and somehow is filled with peace, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that doesn't even necessarily make sense. He's discovered the Prince of Peace even in his grief. Another true story I shared with you uh, last fall about it too. I love this story. It's by, by, about Stonewall Jackson who received his nickname after the first chaotic battle of Bull Run when fleeting Confederate soldiers were, were running away, but they were inspired to turn around and rejoin the attack at the sight of General Jackson sitting prominently on his horse with bullets whistling by and cannon fire exploding all around him. He, he stayed the course. Jackson made these comments afterwards. That was great. He says, my religious beliefs teach me to feel as safe as in battle as I do in bed. God has fixed the time for my death. I don't, don't concern myself about that. But always to be ready, no matter when it may overtake me. He said, that's the way all men should live, and then all men would be equally brave. <laughs> it's a great quote. Bravery, peace, even on the battlefield. He says, comes from yielding ourselves to God. We can find peace despite circumstances by trusting in Him who is the Prince of Peace. That's a bit of what I want to talk about today, the Prince of Peace, the kind of peace that He came to bring into our world and into our lives. Let's go ahead and read. We've been reading it from Isaiah 9 all month, kind of walking through this passage. Uh, but let's look at Isaiah 9, starting with verse 6. It says this, For to us a child is born, 
To us, a son has been given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I love this. We've been talking about this a whole month, but the prophet's saying, Jesus is coming. One is coming that will bring hope, that will set captives free. One that will be the Messiah. He will reign on a throne. He's the king. Uh, and, and here today he's saying, and he will be the prince of peace. In fact, the passage goes on to say, of the greatness, means literally of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. His peace will just continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow in our lives. Now, on through eternity. Increasing levels of peace. Anybody think they could use that these days? Let me ask this question. Do you feel like peace would be the operative word that defines this season for you in your life? <laughs> yeah. Why are you laughing? Why are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, this, this time of year, we talk a really good game about peace. We send Christmas cards that have like the word peace of the season and stuff on the front of it. We, all right, we, we like to quote from Luke chapter 2 and we put this on Christmas cards and we talk about it. Right? This whole, when the angels appear and they praise God and they say glory to God in the highest. Go to that next slide if you would. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, right? On, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. We talk a good game about peace, but oftentimes our experience is usually anything but peaceful this time of year. It seems like for us anyway, and, and many people I talk to as well, peace is not the word that we would necessarily come to mind most often when we think about December. I don't know about you, but our lives are already full, right? Our schedules are pretty packed. Our finances already feel stretched. It's sporty pretty often around our place. And then you get to December, you start adding things in, right? More Christmas concerts and programs and shopping and crowds and final exams and gift wrapping and relational strains sometimes and meal planning and on and on and on. Sometimes it can feel almost more than we can take. We can sometimes get stressed about it. We can feel tired by the season. And there's some parts that feel pretty great about the season. We like putting up the tree. We like doing some of the traditions. We like singing some of the songs and, and, uh, and some of that kind of stuff. But there are other parts of it that feel exhausting or stressful or overwhelming for us anyway. How about you? Christmas ever feel that way to you? Yeah. I want us to think about that. I want to think about just for a minute what it means that Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace in our lives, what that, what that really is all about. What it means to think about Jesus being characteristically, He is peace. He has no lack of perfect peace in His being. Jesus is never stressed. He's never anxious. He never worries. He never doubts or fears. Those things are sort of the opposite of peace. God is never conflicted within himself. He's never unable to make up his mind. He never feels troubled. <laughs> He's never indecisive or unclear or unsure or threatened. He is the Prince of Peace, the Bible says. He enjoys perfect and eternal harmony even within himself. The Bible refers to each member of the Trinity as being filled with peace. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 calls him the God of peace. And so there's Romans 15 and 16 and 2 Corinthians 13 and Philippians and Hebrews and on and on. It's a common name for God. God is referred to as God the Father is referred to as the God of all peace. 
In the Old Testament, he's referred to as Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, referring to God's fullness and the, the greatest measure of contentment and satisfaction one can have. That's the peace that's described of God. He's the author of peace, it says. It's likewise described, obviously describes Jesus this way. He's referred to as the Lord of peace. Ephesians 2 refers to him as Christ, who is our peace. He's our peace. And he's called, of course, the Prince of Peace in Isaiah that we're talking about today. He's the source of peace. Colossians 1.20 tells us that he has made peace for us, and on and on. Even the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is referred to as the source of peace. Galatians 5.22 tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit that, that happen as we remain in him is that the fruit of the Spirit is peace, says. It comes from him because it's who he is. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is one of peace in the Holy Spirit. So every part of God is saturated with this fullness, this contentment, this satisfaction, and this peace because God is in charge of it all, and therefore God is filled with perfect peace. He's the author of it. Now here's the deal. God is the God of all peace. He's in control, right? No anxiety, fear, worry. We've talked about this. He's the God of peace, the Prince of peace. That's who He is, but it's not really who we are. God may be the one that is in all control, who knows the future, knows what's going to happen. There's nothing that surprises Him, but for us, there's a lot that surprises us. There's, for us, there's a lot that is more than our strength can handle. For us, there's a lot that happens that can cause us to be fearful or anxious or stressed, a lot that might feel beyond our control because it is, right? There's, for us, there's a lot that leaves us feeling vulnerable and over, overwhelmed. On our own, we're not particularly peace. It's not really in our nature. To remain in real, lasting peace is not really in our nature. Our sin nature, our bent towards sin, keeps us worrying and stressing and trying um, unsuccessfully, I might add, to control everything. And that's why real and lasting peace, the kind that the Bible talks about, isn't really dependent on us. It's not really dependent on our circumstances. It's not really dependent on anything that we can bring to the table, but only comes from Jesus, the source of all peace, the Prince of Peace himself. Thomas Watson says this. He says, safety consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Isn't that good? That's the peace of God. It comes only from him. I've always thought that peace would be the thing that would remove my anxiety. The peace would be the thing that would calm me when I am disturbed. But when we study Jesus, the Prince of Peace, we find that He is so much more than just that. Who is Jesus? I mean, among other things that we're looking at this week, He is the Prince of Peace. In Hebrew, it's the word sar shalom, which I know you guys don't care about at all, but I want you to think about these words with me a little bit because they're actually kind of cool. I read some great stuff this week on this, and I'm kind of excited to share it, so I want you to stick with me. It's two words. It's sar shalom. Sar is the first word. It means one who is in charge. It means captain. It means lord. It means chief. It means the general. In fact, the Romans started using this word uh, in fact, like it got adapted into Russian, which we use the term czar which refers to the ruler. In, in, in Roman days, they referred to it as Caesar, right? One who is in charge, Caesar, as in Julius Caesar, as in, right? The one who was supreme, the one who held all authority, the one who was large and in charge, right? That's, who, that's what they're talking about. The one who is king, so to speak, who is prince, who is in charge of shalom. Isn't that crazy? 
kind of a cool, kind of a cool picture. One who was in charge, the Tsar Shalom. Shalom was actually a greeting. We've probably heard this before. We've talked about it before. A greeting that, that one person would give to another person. Shalom means rest. It's a picture of tranquility. It's a picture of wholeness and completeness. It's, it's the way everything should be. When, when everything is going well and everything is in the proper order and there is just contentment and peace. And you're like, it is well with my soul kind of moments, right? That's shalom. It's, it, it's, it's the kind of peace that the Bible's talking about here. So it's, he's the Tsar shalom. You could say he's the captain of rest. He's the Lord of tranquility. He's the chief of contentment even. Jesus is the Tsar shalom. As long as we are under Christ, we get to experience his umbrella of peace, so to speak. Now, does that mean that we can do anything we want and still experience His peace? Well, can I just say, probably not, right? I mean, let's, let's think about this. Can a guy get his girlfriend pregnant and then go out, you know, go out and, and just feel the Lord's peace in that way from the Tsar Shalom? Probably not, because he's doing something outside of the, the umbrella, outside of the lordship or the leadership of Tsar Shalom. I mean, could a couple get in a, a big hairy fight and go ballistic and just start calling each other names and tearing each other down? They're embarrassing their kids. The whole family's, you know, ripped apart and all this kind of stuff. Can they, can they do that in the next second, just step into God's amazing peace, right? And kind of, well, yes and no, right? I mean, we, we can't, but, but a lot of times we start experiencing that kind of stress and that kind of strain and anxiety because we have stepped out from underneath the kingship of peace, right, in our lives. We've stepped outside of Sar Shalom. Can we charge up the credit cards? <laughs> this is a good one for this time of year. Charge it up uh, you know, again and again and again. Can we spend way more money than we make and expect to just bask in, in peace in that moment? Well, I think our experience probably for most of us would say, yeah, it's not really how it works. Usually, usually when we charge those things up, it brings stress to our lives. Why? Because we have stepped outside of Sar Shalom, the, the umbrella of peace that he wants to bring into our lives. We've not submitted ourselves to the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Sar Shalom. He's the Prince of Peace. And the amazing thing is when we are under that sort of leadership of Jesus, when we are living in right relationship with him, when, when we choose to bow right to him and to his will and to his plans, he suddenly pours out. We get to experience his amazing peace that passes all understanding. Peace that, that can have you on a ship going by where your daughters died and say, I'm broken up. I'm a wreck. I will miss them. I'm grieving, but it's still okay. It's still well in my soul. There is still peace despite circumstances because I am yielded him. I am trusting in Sar Shalom. He is my peace. He is my God. He is my comfort. He is my strength, right? I'm betting it all on him. Now, the crazy thing is that he's the king of peace, right? So he can give it. He can also withhold it, and he does so sometimes, doesn't he? Sometimes we can step in and we can experience great peace. Sometimes there's not peace, and we're, we're, we're heading in a certain direction, and there's not peace. And, and you know what? You know why he does that? Sometimes he directs us with his peace, doesn't he? And so when it's missing, and we're like, man, I'm anxious, and stuff is stirring in my own soul, and I don't feel okay, it's part of what he uses to bring us back to him, right? To, to come back under proper leadership, to, to say, God, I'm sorry, I kind of stepped out there. Bring me back. Forgive me. Let's move forward. 
I'm yours because He is our peace. He is our <laughs> umbrella of peace, so to speak, the Prince of Peace. Sometimes he, he, he removes it or, or, or lets us to feel some of, that, uh, some of that stress and strain to get our attention, to bring us back home to him. But the moment that we turn back, the moment we, we turn back home, he's there to forgive us and restore us and make us new and bring us back home. There's grace, right? There's forgiveness. This is not a works-based kind of thing. We don't deserve it, but he leads us by his peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Shalom is more, peace is more than just that peaceful, easy feeling that you get, but it's part of it, right? It's, it's that picture of completeness and wholeness and tranquility and rest. When you're under Him, you can experience His peace. When we step outside of His will and His way, we may not experience it as much. That's why you wanna live, we want to live our lives under the Prince of Peace and in right relationship with Him. We talked about this last week a little bit, but but it's that whole idea of, right, like first, first we have to experience peace with God this way, and then we can experience the peace of God this way, right, in our lives and in our world and in our relationships and all that kind of stuff. First one, right, we, we have to experience peace with God. Romans 5.1 is just one place of many that talks about this. It says, now that we have God's approval because of our faith in Christ, we have peace with God because what, of our, what, what our Lord Jesus has done for us. Through Christ, we can approach God and we can stand in his favor. We have right relationship with God. We have peace with God because of Christ, right? Because he came, he, he has paid the price for our rebellion for every time that we have stepped out from underside, uh, out from underneath, outside of, whatever, from outside of his umbrella of peace. And we've decided, you know, I know better. I'm going my own way. I'm gonna head this direction. I don't want your way, Jesus. Every time we've done that, the Bible refers to it as sin, right? Every time we have stepped out, every time we have gone our own way, every time there's been rebellion, every time we've pushed him away, every time we've, we've been like, I don't want to hear you, la, 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 la. Like I just want to do my own thing in my own way. When we do that, the Bible refers to that as sin. And Christ, our Prince of Peace, has come and taken, our, taken the price and the penalty and the weight of our sin, and he paid for it on the cross. He died for it so that you and I could be forgiven, so that we could be brought back into right relationship with him, and so that we could come back under his umbrella of peace and live in right relationship with God, right? To be forgiven and made new. And all that stuff is free of charge for anybody who would ask him, anybody who would put their faith and trust in him and just say, Jesus, I need you. Would you, would you wipe out, I'm sorry, would you wipe out my sin? Would you make me new? I want to come home. I want to come back under your leadership. I want to live with you as my Savior and my God and my King. The Bible says anybody who has put their faith and trust in Him, you are brought back into that right relationship with God. And once we experience the, the peace with God, we can experience the peace of God. And that's what we're talking about, right? Living with that, that sort of wholeness and fullness and peace in our lives. We talked, looked at this one last week too, but Philippians 4 is the kind of the quintessential passage of that, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And as we, again, submit ourselves to Him, as we, as we bring ourselves and our requests and our stresses and our lives, and we lay them down at His feet, says, and then the peace of God, which transcends or passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus 
his peace as we submit to him will guard our lives in Christ Jesus. I like this one too. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you, God, will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you. He's saying, again, as we live in right relationship, as we experience peace with God, he keeps our lives in perfect peace. We can experience the peace of God. Now, some of us might be here today, and if we're honest, our lives are not peaceful, right? Our lives are not peaceful at all. If we're honest, we're saying, you know, my life seems frantic. It seems stressful. It seems out of control. Maybe there's parts of your life that you're looking at, you're saying, it's a wreck. My life is a mess. And it could be, friends, that the reason that some of our, at least parts of our lives are not filled with God's peace is because we have not come under the leadership of the Prince of Peace. It's because we haven't yet experienced peace with God in that kind of way. Maybe we're still trying to do everything our way on our own. You might be in church every week. You might be singing the songs, putting on the right face, but inside, at home, throughout the rest of your week, you're just going your own way. You're kind of doing your own thing. It could be the way you're spending your money. You're just like, nope, I'm just doing this on my own. And as a result, there is stress that's building up. It could be recreational drug or alcohol use. You're like, no, God, I don't want, I don't want your way. I want to have fun. I want to enjoy myself. But there's stress and anxiety, and it's crippling relationships around you. It could be other things within your relational world, your marriage, your relationships with your kids. It could be what you're watching on Netflix. It could be that you're just a control freak, right? It could be that you just try to control everything and everyone around you, and it is wreaking havoc on your relationships. You want to know why? Because you can't, right? You can't control everything. Who knows what way it plays out, but maybe for whatever reason, you are just not submitting, living in right relationship with the Prince of Peace. And maybe this morning, God's saying to you, there's a better way. There is something better. There is a life of peace just waiting for you. If you'll come, come first and find peace with God by simply surrendering, by giving up on your way, by crying out in faith, Jesus, I need you. Would you come and lead me? Would you come and guide me? Would you? I want your way and your will. Come and have your way. Be my Savior, my God, my Prince of Peace. Teach me to walk with you, to rest in you, to find my peace and strength in life. I'm, I'm all in. It sounds weird, but the way, right, the way that we experience increased levels of peace is not by us trying to control everything else around us. It's not by us just going our own way and getting whatever we want. That never works out the way we think. But really, the way to find the peace that we long for in our lives is to bow our knees, right? It's what you do before a king, is it not? Is it what you do before Caesar? If you didn't, what would happen? <laughs> It'd be bad, right? <laughs> it's what we do. But you bow your knee and you surrender and you say, Jesus, I need you. When we, when we choose to bow before the king, with not just with our knees, right, but with our lives, put ourselves in right relationship, all of a sudden God's peace and his joy and his love floods in. And everything's different. It changes everything. I'll tell you what, I spent a chunk of my week this week. I have no idea what time it is. Is that bad? Okay. Um, I spent a chunk of my week uh, this week uh, filming <laughs> uh, videos, baptism videos for next week. So we're, we've got six different people that are getting baptized next Sunday. By the way, 
I don't care what you're doing. You should cancel it if you've got plans and you should be here. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. It's one of our favorite services. We're going to celebrate communion together. We're going to celebrate new life in Christ by, through baptisms. Super encouraging, super life-giving. And we're going to start out our new year that way and with some prayer and worship and stuff. And so it's going to be a great week. Make sure you're here. But I spent a lot of time uh, going through uh, people's stories and just saying, you know, how'd you meet Christ? Tell me about life before Jesus. Tell me about how you, uh, you know, came to Christ and put your faith and trust in him. And tell me what your life has been like afterwards. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's the same story, right? It's gotten different nuances, but it's the same story you hear, you know, time and time and time and time again. And it's like, man, I was living on my own. I was not, I was not in right relationship. I was living out here. I was pushing God away. I didn't like him. I was denying him. I was making fun of people that, you know, whatever. And I, I was not gonna, I was just living for what, for me and for whatever I wanted. And, and people talk about the depth of destruction that came into their lives as a result. They're like, it, it could be, man, my relational world was in shame. It was terrible, right? I, everybody hated me, and I, it could be the, the depth of their soul. They start talking about saying, I was empty, and I was alone, and I was longing for more. Some people talk about it, man, I was depressed, I was suicidal, like, whatever. So there's, there's all, again, it has different nuances, but it's all the same. I was living in, not under, in right relationship with God, and my life was a wreck, and then, they'll say, and then there was a moment where I came to my senses where I could see, man, this sucks. This is terrible. I hate living this way. And they submitted themselves to God. They received him as Savior and as King of their lives. And they're like, from that moment, you can hear it time again. Most of the people in, my, in, in the office that I was filming this week were bawling as they're talking about this because because he's rescued them. As soon as they put themselves, submitted to him, as soon as they open up their hearts and lives, they start talking about, and then Christ has brought, he's poured out his love and his grace and his peace on me. He's brought me into a family. He's, my, my soul is completely transformed and changed. I am at peace. Stuff, it's not perfect. I'm still screw up and I still whatever, but I've discovered something wonderful in right relationship with God, and I am so glad I did it. The story's the same. All of us, all of us have a, have a pull that, that pulls us away from this, right? That says, oh, just go off on your own. It'll be fine. And life never works out well for us when we do that. But the moment, the moment we say, Jesus, I am yours. I want you. You are my king. You are my savior. You are my. The moment we do that, suddenly his love and his peace, his presence comes and fills our lives. And it is infinitely better than anything we could have possibly imagined before. It's the good stuff. Sar Shalom, right? The Prince of Peace has come and is now taking up ownership in our lives. And we get to walk in and live in his, his amazing presence and his peace and everything else that comes with it. There's nothing better. I'll tell you what, friends, for some of us here today, it, maybe it's time, maybe we've been fighting that battle in whatever way we've been living out here and kind of coming out from underneath in whatever way we're living. Maybe it's time, maybe the living God is speaking to you today saying, it's time. Would you come and just bow your knee again? It doesn't matter if it's the first time you've done it or if it's the 
the third time you've done it this morning, right? It doesn't matter. But like, but you've pulled away, and it, the moment we pull away and we start feeling that anxiety and the stress and the pressure and everything that's going on, it's a reminder. It's an invitation by Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the King of Peace, saying, would you come back home? Would you come back under my umbrella of peace? Would you come back? Would you trust me with your life? Would you follow me? Would you let me be king? And the moment we do, we start to experience it. Maybe it's time for you this morning to take that step, just to turn Godward and say, you know what? I need you. John 14, 27 puts it this way. says, this is Jesus speaking, right? Next slide. Yeah. Where Jesus is speaking, he says, peace I leave with you. What does that say? My peace I give you. Like we talked about before, it's not our peace. We can't generate this in ourselves. It's his peace, the peace of our shalom that he pours out on us as we trust him. He says, my peace I give you. He is the peace that comforts you. He is the peace that makes things right in your world. Things for you right now might be going haywire. There may be no spiritual peace for you. You might be struggling. But hear this, Jesus wants to be your peace. He wants to pour out his peace on you this morning. He wants to bring you comfort. My peace, he says, I give you. Friends, the real answer to the frantic pace of life, to our, uh, to our unfocused and hurried lives, is not a simple time management strategy or a pill or a philosophy. It's a person. It's the Prince of Peace himself. It's Jesus who is offering you and me a new way to live. He wants to come and bring rest and peace to your souls and to your lives. A life that can be characterized by his peace instead of frenzy, but it's found by living with Jesus, yoked with him, the Prince of Peace, joined with him, surrendered and in right relationship to him. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Listen to this, Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, Jesus says, all you who are weary and burdened, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says there's a better way. There's a, a better life. There's a better approach to Christmas than every other day of the year. Instead of getting overwhelmed or consumed with the busyness of the season, with the busyness of life, Jesus says, instead, would you turn towards me? Would you put yourself in right relationship with me? Would you entrust yourself to me? Would you pray to me? Would you open your heart to me? Would you come and do life with me and in right relationship with me? And you will find rest for your soul. You'll find peace. You'll find freedom. You'll find lightness. And more importantly, you'll be filled with Jesus, the Prince of Peace himself. I don't know where you're at with God today, but let me just urge you not to miss this. Don't settle for something less. Don't just get distracted by all the busyness of Christmas and get robbed of God's peace. Life and Christmas don't have to be that way. You're not intended to just experience peace once or here and there around the fringes, but to live in his presence every day. The key to lasting peace comes only from Jesus, and we experience his peace as we learn to follow and live with and submit to him, the Prince of Peace. This morning as we wrap up the message, I'm just going to invite you. I want to have just a, a minute or so for us just to be quiet and to be still before him. I'm going to encourage you to, to pray.
And I don't know, maybe there's some area of your life, you just listen. I mean, maybe there's some area of your life where you're like, I feel like I've kind of pulled out from underneath him. And maybe this morning you just take a moment and just say, God, would you forgive me? And instead, teach me to walk with you. Teach me to be in step with you. I want to come to you. I'm weary and burdened. I want to come to you this morning and find rest. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never turned to, to Jesus and said, I, I need you. Would you forgive me for my sins? Would you make me new? Would you, would you be my God? If you've never done that before, man, do it today, right? Just say, Jesus, it doesn't take fancy words or anything. Just, Jesus, I need you. Would you come and forgive me and lead me? I, I want to walk with you. I want to live in your peace and your presence, right? Maybe... Maybe it's just a matter of we are living that way to the best of our ability, but for whatever reason, we're just, the craziness of the season is, is, is ganging up on us and it's winning today. And maybe just take a moment just to set your eyes back on Jesus, right? The Prince of Peace. And just, if there's stuff stressing you, lay it down at his feet, submit, submit it to him, pray for his will, and then just soak in his peaceful presence. All right, let's take a couple minutes. We're going to pray. I'll just leave some space for you to pray about whatever's going on in your life, and then I'm going to close us. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that you are present, that you came for us, that you came as the Emmanuel, the Savior, the chosen one to be our Prince of Peace, to be the King of Shalom, the Sar Shalom for us. And God, forgive us. I just, just forgive us in whatever way that we have stepped out from underneath your lordship, underneath your leadership, and have lived on our own. And in these moments, God, I just pray that you, we just want to bow to you. We just want to come back under that umbrella. Just say, God, would you forgive us? Would you cleanse us? Would you bring us home? Would you pour out your grace and forgiveness and your peace? on us. God, you are our Savior. We want you and we need you, and you are our God and our King. We want to follow you. We want your will and your way. God, how we need you. And we just, I pray even just right now that you just allow us to sense and to know your peace and your presence right here. And then as we go, teach us to live with you, submitted to you, in step with you. You tell us that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, that we can come to you and find rest. And I pray, God, that we could just soak in that presence this morning, that we could live in that presence throughout Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and the day after that and the year after this that we could learn to walk with you and just be your kids, that you would be, be our God and be with us and show your, your presence and power. We trust in you, God. We submit to you. The things that are causing us stress, the, the relationships or the financial stuff or whatever's happening, God, we just lay that at your feet this morning. We pray, come Lord Jesus. 
come and have your way. Come and provide what we need. Not necessarily what we want, but what we need even to the core of our souls. We entrust these situations. We entrust ourselves into your care. next couple days, God, just fix our eyes on you, fix our hearts on you. We need you. We love you. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will be done. In Jesus' name.